Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. For some new blaster cannon, I am your host Paul Herman. I am joined by the wonderful Megan Krause. Megan, hello, hello. Uh, I just saw you recently. Yes, we <laughs> saw each other in person for we... this small, small Star Wars get together that happened a couple weeks ago. Small, small get together is one way of putting it. Yes, small intimate setting. Yes, yes, it's yes, it was. <laughs> It was, it was with lots and lots of other people around us. <laughs> um, everyone, thank you for joining us. We uh, we just got back from celebration um, a few weeks ago, and we have a lot a lot to go over. Which this show will be pretty much just going over everything um, that we've kind of uh, that w- that's come out of celebration. Um, you might have heard some of my thoughts on some of these things on the Saga, the Saga Continues podcast. And also on uh, Megan's show, Western Reaches. But I haven't talked about everything on what we're going to talk about today. But we'll just, well, definitely, I haven't really had a chance to dissect the stuff with Megan, uh, and we can kind of get into the nitty, nitty gritty with that. But, uh, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool to just kind of overall just kind of talk about your our experiences at, at Celebration, uh, Megan. I know for me, um, I had a great, I had a great time. And, but, you know, I, I think that, I think you would second this. I think you would say that the people is what makes it so special, you know, giving to hang out with you and meeting your friends. I had, you know, loved hanging out with Rachel and uh, Kirsten. Um, we had, you know, all other people I met, like um, I got to meet my friend Violet and Lillian and, and, you know, all these other people, it's always great, great, you know, funny stories that we all have gathered from, from there. That's what makes celebration special. The news is always exciting and, and everything. But for me, it's always hanging out with like, you know, people like you, you know, a good friend and, and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, is that, would you second that opinion? Absolutely. Uh, um, it's just like having Star Wars Twitter all together in one room, <laughs> which sure is a good an idea. awesome experience. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, I got to spend a lot of time with Nancy and Brian. I uh, got to hang out with Jay, got to meet Shoshana, all these people that are really great bloggers and podcasters and are just nice people so it was like i know it's sort of the cliche but i really do think a lot of the fun just came from getting to be there with your friends and getting to talk about this the news as it happens some of those experiences were a little rough there were some issues with line management especially early in uh, in celebration but we all survived we had a bit less sleep than I would have liked, but we all got through, and yes. it was a, uh, it was really fun. I did not want to leave. I, I didn't want to leave either. I did miss my wife and my dogs, and uh, I wish Morgan could have come out. And I think next time she might join us. So 
because she's probably not going to teach next year so anymore. So that'll be good. She, I can I can, I can tag, make her tag along with us next time. I think she would. She's not a big Star Wars fan by any means, but she would love to hang out with everyone. I think she'd love the people. So um, just like I do. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, that's one of the biggest things of leaving this this convention was that the news is you can get the news anywhere. You can get, you know, dissect of the, you know, dissecting of the news through Twitter, you know, at, at the moment, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, it's this is my the reason I go is to hang out with my very good friends from Star Wars Twitter. And, you know, like obviously you, Justin, John, my my, my best friend, Dave. You know, we get to all hang out yeah. and, 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 again, meeting the new people. It's great. So, yeah. I, yeah we had a whole, like, reunion dinner, which oh, was really nice. We had a couple. We had a, we had a couple, like, really fun. Uh, we You know, we actually hang out, we hung out with our other co-host, Saf, who couldn't make it again today. Um, we got to hang out with her um, with at uh, Givano's, Givano's, something like that. Uh, you know, with these giant deep dish pizza and got to hang out with, you know, we got some good pictures from that. So yeah, it was it's just, just an amazing time hanging out with everybody. So yeah, it was really nice. And then we sort of capped it off at Player One, the video game bar, which I was reluctant to go at first. I was like, I'm a little overwhelmed. I've been you know in the midst of crowds for five days. Yes. Maybe I'll sit this one out. But I went, and I'm really glad that I went because it was it was an absolute blast. Yeah, you got to play Halo with Saf, right? Yes, That's we immediately were like, we have to play Halo together in person because we don't see each other very much, what with living on opposite sides of the world. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, well, um, like I said, Saf couldn't make it today. Um, hopefully get her back next time. But today we've got a lot to talk about. So first thing we're going to talk about is probably the biggest thing we have um, coming out of Celebration. At least I think, I think probably, I, would, I think you'd agree the biggest. Um, this is the last Jedi trailer. Now, this is something that um, a lot of us, you know, all anticipated, and I think all assumed correctly that this was going to happen. And it was, you know, how I describe this trailer, and I'm very curious what you know. Cause I know we talked a little bit about the trailer at Celebration, but I don't remember your exact feelings on it. But I'm curious what your what your opinion of this is if you would agree with this as well <laughs> i i i like the trailer i thought it was a, a good trailer um it but it lacked pizzazz if you will um it, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of action i don't think there's a lot of emotional like you know re- revelations i think in it that like i wasn't expecting that i think that make up for the lack of pizzazz which doesn't make me like it less it just it just didn't it wasn't as action-packed as i kind of expected it to be but Mm. but i still i still liked it a lot now what would you agree with that or i mean i I know you you enjoyed the trailer but would you agree that it lacked action but it still was good I did. So um, I'm actually looking forward to talking about this because we talked about this a little bit on Western Reaches, but I kept my full thoughts for Blaster Cannon. So my emphasis on this has to go on the fact that this is a teaser. We were super excited for it, but it is a teaser, not a trailer. So every time I find myself thinking, well, there wasn't enough to discuss. We didn't learn enough about the plot. I think, well, it's a teaser. There's going to be more plot later on. But I think where you're coming from with not enough action is that we saw a lot of sort of really quick scenes 
where you got about half of the action. So you got either Ray training by herself or the First Order marching, and you you couldn't tell who they were attacking. Or Ray is reacting to something, and you can't tell what she's reacting to. We got a lot of these like half scenes. So I wouldn't say so much as there's not a lot of action as there's not a lot of conflict because we get these one-sided scenes. Mm-hmm. No, no, and I, I, you know, I don't think it was, I don't think it was an, an, a bad thing. The lack of action. I want, I want to state that for the record. I, I, I don't think it was necessarily a bad thing. I just noticed that it wasn't as jaw dropping. I think from a visual standpoint, as as the the previous teasers we got, the first teaser we got, I don't think it was jaw dropping by any chance, by me, any means either. For the Force Awakens, the one that came out in November, that was literally just to just to give us something. But the, the teaser that from the celebration that we all met at, Megan, um, with the, the infamous, uh, you know, we're home, uh, Han Solo, we're home ending. Um, yeah, that was, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. And, and there's reasons why. But I think this, from a stylistic, you know, standpoint, it's just a little more action packed. Now, I, we obviously we're going to get into the, the meat of, the, of this teaser, you know, but there was, I feel there's actually more revealed in the plot of this than there was anything for The Force Awakens. We pretty much got spoiled of the Force oh, Awakens plot, I think, you know. It's a very different experience. And we yes. talked about this a little bit in person, too, about how now our questions are not so much who are these people as what's going to happen to these people. So I think the expectations for action are higher because of that. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I like the most about this trailer is that it had Ray as the centerpiece and it showed some of that Jedi training that I've been wanting this whole time. And I love that first scene where she, her hand hits the ground and she's using the force. I love the scene where she's standing on the cliff using the lightsaber. All of those are make me really excited for this movie, but I guess what they don't do is answer any questions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that, what it did answer is you kind of see Luke is in a, is in a spot that we all don't want him to be in necessarily, and it's going to be interesting to see what you know where he comes out of from this film. Um, mm. I think it's yeah. ev- I think it's evident like he, when he says at the very end, which I know you have you have some, I think you want to bring this up too about you know it's time for the Jedi to end. Um, or actually, I'll say the full line. He says, "I only know one truth: it's time for the Jedi to end." And that's a pretty heavy thing to say, and it's not what you would expect Luke to say, uh, especially after Return of the Jedi when he says, "I'm a Jedi, like, like the father, like the father before me." And uh, excuse me. So I think it's very interesting where he's at. Obviously, a lot's happened in thirty years. So, but at the same time, you know what's going to happen. He's going to eventually get convinced, you know, be convinced to train Ray. Um, so. It's just kind of it's mm. it's going to be interesting because obviously that's going to happen, but yeah, but he's not going to necessarily train her as what we know of at a, as a Jedi. That's definitely a part that I wanted to talk about because that line I think um, gave the most like fan reaction, and there's the bit about when you meet your heroes, you're not always sure, or they're not always what you expect them to be. And that's Ray about Luke. You know, he's not what she expected him to be. So, and I really wonder whether, for me, I was definitely concerned when I heard that line because it was cool. It was like sort of 
really sucked all the air out of the room. But the more I thought about it, the more I just felt like this isn't the Luke that I know. This isn't the Star Wars that I know, where the idea of balance is always there, but it's also very black and white. It's also very, very much about going out and achieving the things that are going to do to good in the world. That's sort of what's so inspiring about the Jedi, I think. And the idea of balance has always been there, but Luke especially was this figure of pure good. Um, And so I'm definitely kind of worried about what does that mean? And is he going to learn that for whatever reason he rejected the Jedi, he needs to embrace that way again? Or is this really going to be that type of thing that, that fans often talk about and that I think is is certainly a legitimate like reading of the prequels where the Jedi of the Old Republic were never right. They were never really doing the right thing, partially because they were so old and hidebound, and partially because they were like under the sway of the of the Sith. Is Luke going to oppose that philosophy, or is Luke kind of has lost um, the appeal of his own philosophy? I have I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think and I think that those are all valid questions. Obviously, um, I'm of the mind that I I don't. A lot of people are thinking that Luke could start a brand new order from all this, like no more Jedi. And I want to get that out of the way right now. The, the the Jedi brand name from a marketing, you know, corporate standpoint, cash is checks, man. There's no way <laughs> they're not going to be changing their name. You know, Disney is not going to do anything that uproot, like, we can figure this out better, you know. Got to have that Jedi Academy at yeah. Disney World. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. You're not – so anyone who thinks that a brand new order is going to be out of the Jedi and it's going to be called – Hishi hishi ba 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 ba. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, <laughs> it's not going to happen. The Jedi are, are going to come back. It's just it's more dramatic to have it this way. And and I think what it's interesting. But the meaning. I wonder if the meaning of what Jedi means it, see, could change. No, no. I think I think there's. I think that's possible. I think that. Um, but. I think the idea – this is where I, I have a hard time. I, this is where I think that, you know, what happened with Luke and, and his previous students and Kylo Ren, I'm curious of, of, of how this all is, is going to work out because I don't know if what Luke did was wrong necessarily. And I think he's looking at it as like the Jedi need to end. And, and it, obviously something's going to have to – something's going to give where he's going to be convinced that, no, the Jedi, Jedi need to come back because I need to train Rey for X, Y, Z reason or whatever. I, I don't know. And When you say what he did was wrong, you mean like however Luke trained Kylo Ren? Yes, yes. And, and how – what he might have done something wrong to do this. And I think that – there, there's, there's going to be a reason, and that there's going to be something that he's going to have to change or do something different in his mind in order to keep training Ray and train a new, you know, part, you know, new Jedi to come up. And I think it's interesting is that I think that the movies have already set that up in the Force Awakens when Snoke says, "If they reach Skywalker, then the, the Jedi will, new Jedi will rise." So it's like even Snoke who's the enemy, you know, the moral enemy right now of against Luke Skywalker and, and uh, what he represents is that he's already said that, like, if we reach him, there, then there's a potential, there, not a potential, it's going to happen. The new Jedi are going to rise. So 
I think that there's something. It's very interesting. They are, they have, they have, they have, they have, they have hurt Luke to an extent to where he's emotionally damaged. But they there's they know there's something out there that can unlock that. And I think that mm-hmm. you know that's where I, I think it's it gets interesting. And this is where I think that you know obviously they want to kill Luke Skywalker, but I mean like they know that it's been thirty years and they and but they, they it won't last forever. And they and, and So you they, think eventually Luke is going to turn turn around and say, No, we really do need to bring the Jedi back? Yes. Like maybe that one line was sort of an expression of he's hopeless and guilty yes. feels guilty at this point, but that might change. Yeah, I, I, abso- yeah. I absolutely think that the, that that line is within the first twenty minutes of the movie. No, that's the more optimistic reading. I like I like to think that. <laughs> no, no, there's I, put it. I'll bet it now, Megan. I will bet it now. Put you know, take it to the bank. That line, because I think that line at the end of the of the trailer is before when he's t- if the if both lines are in the movie. Let's assume both lines are in the movie because they might not. be. Yeah, which I guess we can't really assume, especially after Rogue One. Right. <laughs> so I'm yeah. just like some of these scenes might not even be in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So let's assume both all the lines in Luke with Luke are are in the movie. If you, I think the you know I only know one truth. The Jedi need you know it's time for the Jedi to end. I think that line's before when Luke's talking to Ray and says, you know, you know, breathe, you know, what do you see? I think obviously those are, they are opposite times. I think that's that when he's saying breathe to where he's training her, obviously, and, huh. and he's saying, and that's when he's accepted. Cause if you look, listen to the tone of the voice. He sounds super like it's time for the Jedi to end. He sounds super depressed. And then you listen to him in the other one. He's a little more optimistic. So hmm. I, I See, go ahead. Uh, I'm just part of me is just playing devil's advocate because I, I would like to believe you, but oh I'm worried. Um, the line about balance reminded me of like what we've seen in Rebels with the Bendu. And I know a lot of people who have done more thinking about this than I have have gone back and talked about, well, here's the way balance is portrayed in the Clone Wars. I don't necessarily think that Mortis is a good, you know, rock to plant your theories on. Oh, but, oh, oh don't even you know, go there. Do whatever. I, I love the <laughs> Mortis trilogy. I love. I so then this is the perfect question to ask you. Okay. Do you think with. The things that have been planted in canon before, and that includes the Mortis trilogy and the Bendu and characters like Maz Kanata, who may or may not be Force-sensitive. Do you feel like the franchise as a whole is kind of moving toward that idea of balance and moving toward, well, the Force isn't really one thing or the other. The Force is kind of more mysterious than we thought it was, and it can manifest in different people in different ways, and it might not just be light and dark. I do feel like... The canon has been shifting in that direction for quite a while, even if that's not the direction that I prefer. You know, I never gave it that much thought because I think the idea of the Force is something they're trying to... I, I will say that I think that the, the new regime of Lucasfilm is trying to bring back the mysticism of the Force. And I think that Luke Lucas really brought it down to, when he made the prequels, a little more... Um, try to explain it a little bit more, but in the Clone Wars, he really brought out some out there stuff, which I love, um, with the Mortis trilogy and the Yoda arc, which are some of my favorite Star Wars things ever. In fact, 
when May the 4th shows up here in a couple of days, I may be watching, um, I'll probably watch the Yoda arc. Uh, that's kind of like my new tradition now because I love that Yoda arc. And maybe even Mortis. I might, I might watch the Mortis arc than the Yoda arc back to back. Um, I did like the Yoda arc, but my, my thoughts about the Mortis arc are well known, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're just a hater. It's under, I understand. Um, it's, it's not making it more mysterious if you give the characters literal manifestations, which include animal familiars. That doesn't make it more mysterious. It makes it, it less mysterious. It makes it really cool. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway. You can point out it and go, anyway. <laughs> I, I know. We, we, yeah, we should review what you need to do. You need to revisit it, and we can talk about it on Blaster Cannon at some point. <laughs> Maybe. We, we got to do our Rebels episode. That, that, that's true. We, we have a lot of episodes we got to do first. <laughs> but anyway, but I, I think that there is a there is a an, an honest to god like movement to really make the force not explainable and make it a little more I don't want to say neutral but a little more just unpredictable and i think that when you do that if you make the force more unpredictable then you have more story possibilities so i think that that's what they're trying to do is give it a little more flexibility of what they can explain and whatnot. I love the fact that the balance is still um, a big deal within Star Wars in the sequel trilogy, because obviously that's a big part of the prequel trilogy, and this is continuing that. I mean, Laura Santeca says, without the Jedi, there can be no balance to the you know in the Force. So, oh, I, I think that I think that's the thing that Luke's probably going to learn through Ray is that Ray, and this again, we're going to get we're going to get into like Ray lineage theories here in a second probably when i say this but but seriously you know i think that kylo ren represents something of of the jedi you know and or of excuse me, not the jedi but represents you know the dark side of the force that's going to come out and that the light side has to combat it even though the dark side may prevail sometimes over the light and i think that's what luke needs to learn in the last jedi because I think that that's in my interpretation of balance. That's what I think. I think the dark will always show up somewhere somehow. Like it's just it's just kind of like the law. It's like the law of physics of Star Wars, right? Like you know, for what must come up must come down. But mm. you know, for whatever light side, there's a dark side, and vice versa. So you know, it's just a natural thing. Like the force, it's like almost like the force is a neutral thing, and it's going to naturally have just like it has the daughter and the son in the Mortis trilogy. It's naturally just going to attack. Someone's going to attach itself to the dark side and become powerful in it. And you need a mm-hmm. light side person to combat that to keep that balance in order. And maybe yeah, and yeah. that goes right to the sort of I think the difference between the, the how we're talking about force philosophy here is that I think there can be a balance without the force being neutral. So like there will always be a balance because there will always be people that choose the dark side or choose the light side. Exactly. But the force itself and the franchise will always lean toward the light side. If only because that makes for a better story, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, this is going to be the middle of the trilogy. This is probably going to have a downer ending, but I do believe that star Wars in general leans toward hope you know it leans towards stories of redemption stories of victory for for freedom and all all these things and i think that it's hard to tell a story of balance without kind of overturning that idea of the happy ending mm-hmm. and maybe that's more maybe that's because i'm looking at it from that sort of metafictional point of view but mm-hmm. to a degree i think that it would be a little um 
a little disingenuous to try to preach balance while still proposing a happy ending. I mean, we'll see. And disingenuous is a strong word that's like not to, you know, that's a franchise direction, not necessarily just the direction of a single movie or even, you know, a single uh, trilogy. But yeah, I guess, I guess that's the gist of it that I think that the stories have to, the stories have always tended toward happy endings, and I think they will continue to do so. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, what's really cool about this this trailer is that we're going to get, we might get deeper force stuff in this. Um, you know, I, I talked about this on, on Saga Continues, and I'm curious what you think, because I know you're a big Luke fan, like, and I love, I love Luke. I mean, he, he's like one of those characters you have to love, I think, in Star Wars. Like, he's like, you know, it's like, I love all the main characters of Star Wars, essentially. But like, you know, he's never been like my all my all time favorite. But I always will love Luke Skywalker um, for what oh, he represents. Man. Yeah, he's he's probably my all time favorite. Yeah. So so here's my question, um, or what I, what I wanted to discuss was uh, about Mark Hamill himself. I was a little worried because you know Mark's not really a you know movie actor as much. He's been acting you know here and there. And, like, you know, he's working on – he's not a big-time movie star anymore. He's a voice actor. He works on TV shows like The Flash. And, you know, he had, like, a, a small minor role in the Kingsman movie that came out a couple years ago, and which I haven't seen him in, but I heard it was great, his little small scene. Um, one of the things I, I was kind of interested about was, you know, the fact that Mark Hamill is going to be, like, a main character in one of the biggest movies, you know, you know put out ever. And I'm wondering about, you know, how, because I think he's unfairly treated in the, um, in his acting ability in the, in the original trilogy by, you know, a lot of people say he's whiny, you know, and he's, he, you know, cause he's overshadowed by Harrison and, and whatever. But one of the things that I think what I'm really excited about was getting to hear him talk as Luke now and hearing some, like, like I love the way he sounded in, um, in the trailer besides besides like the it's time for the Jedi to end like that sounds super depressing but I thought the way his voice the more optimistic sounding when he says breathe just breathe like I'm like it gets mm-hmm. me really excited because I would love to see Mark Hamill just get some accolades in this movie for his portrayal and it sounds like he really gave it to Ryan Johnson and you know he said like I you know it was I think I almost think that he one didn't agree with everything everything that Ryan did with his character one but two he also was probably really nervous about you know taking up a huge movie like this again and he just said you know what I'm gonna, if I I'm not I can't worry about it I just got to give it to Ryan and say if Ryan is happy with my performance and that you know that's what he said then I'm happy and so if he since he said mm. that it must have been a, think about the pressure he would be on in this. And so the little we've heard, I'm really excited. I don't know if, if you like are optimistic the way Luke sounded, or at least the way that Mark was portraying him. Just a little bit we heard. I'm really excited. Yeah, well, I have, I have a bunch of thoughts about this. Um, first of all, I personally never had a problem with his acting. I, I mean, I wasn't super discerning when I first saw the original trilogy, so I wouldn't necessarily have been. And then afterward, it was just ingrained in my brain. So if you changed it, it would sound wrong, even if it was technically better. Yeah. But so I had no problem with that. And therefore, hearing him in the sequel trilogy 
is going to be very easy, I think. There was no moment where I sort of had to readjust to, oh, that's Mark Hamill's voice. You know, I've heard him in things in between. I've heard him in Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, There was no kind of, oh, this is going to be weird to hear his voice again. I feel like his tone, especially in that that very iconic Jedi training bit where he's telling Rey to breathe, I think he sounded exactly like Luke as a Jedi Master would sound. Or I'll even go further and say that there was no distinction at all. Like, that is Luke as a Jedi Master. Mm -hmm. That said, there were points during the panel where I felt the same as you did, that he was kind of holding back. I, as much as a Luke fan as I am, I haven't seen Mark Hamill's live, like, uh, panels very often. So I can't say with any certainty, like, oh, he sounded like... He felt this way. I have no idea how he feels. But there were moments where I almost felt like he was holding back or like not quite saying the same thing that he seemed to be saying. Um, so I, I do kind of wonder about that. But as you've brought up, a lot of his performance in the original trilogy, fans almost blame on George Lucas. And like, I do use the word blame very intentionally there because <laughs> people do the same thing with Hayden Christensen. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, he would have been a better actor if the writing had been better or if the direction had been better, you know, if it was something more than faster and more intense. <laughs> so I wonder <laughs> if we're going to get ryan johnson's own interpretation i'm almost worried that ryan johnson is going to try to like either over or under direct him because he knows that that pressure is there Mm, um mm. yeah like because and that depends on sort of what ryan johnson's feelings are about that and i don't again i don't know nearly enough about him to even speculate on what that relationship was um Except that apparently Carrie Fisher helped with the script, which is cool. Which is really um, cool, yeah. Yeah, I, that, I'm super excited just to see, like, what, you know, to kind of think about what did Carrie Fisher put in. Because she's someone, too, who knows her own character's voice extremely well and knows Luke's voice extremely well and I think will do a good job. But I'm almost afraid that... He, that Mark Hamill will be either under-directed or over-directed as an attempt to kind of uh, correct any faults that were there in the original performance, which I didn't even see. So I don't <laughs> necessarily feel they need to be corrected. But right, right. this is Mark Hamill playing not only a character who has aged 30 years in the movie and has gone through a lot, but has aged 30 years in the public consciousness. So I'm sure that's not a low-stress job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess wrapping up with, with the trailer, um, you know, I, I I thought it was really, I don't know. I thought it was, it was still like some great shots. Is there anything you want to add and talk about before we move on? No, I think that's all. I'm excited to see, uh, Kelly Marie Tran's character. Mm -hmm. I really wonder how often our trilogy, our, excuse me, our trio are going to be together. Like Ray. Finn and Poe are now joined by Rose. It looks like, you know, Ray's going to be off on the island. Finn and Rose might have their own story. I really hope that we get all three or all four of those people actually together. Because while they are the trio, technically, they weren't actually (laughs) together for more than one scene in The Force Awakens. So I hope we see more of them. Right. No, no, you're, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm really excited about seeing everyone um, together. You know, I'm I'm curious when we get another trailer 
um, to be honest. And I'm ki- I'm kind of leaning towards uh, probably in August because it's probably going to be a little done a little bit differently than last time because um, the last time they didn't give us a trailer till October, and that seemed like a long time. With Rogue One, we got, we got the first teaser about the same time, and they put the trailer out in about August. So I'm curious if the, it, it may not go that route. I'd be bummed if they didn't. But you know, whatever. It's it's one of those things, I guess. You know, if what happens. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited. Um, I thought it was still a good trailer. I'm really I'm really curious of what you know. I'm curious if if there was because there was kind of a negative response. It wasn't like a super negative, but there was a little bit of negativity about you know not having as much cool stuff in this teaser. I wonder if they really throw out like a real like action packed one next time. Um, you know, we'll see. I. One thing I'm very curious if we're going to get is, are we going to get a Knights of Ren in the next one? Like, in the next teaser trailer or tra- whatever? Because mm-hmm. I, I kind of expect them to show up. I, and I'm avoiding all spoilers, so I'm assuming they're in the movie. And I want to see him in action. I would love to see him actually, you know, Ray like, have her lightsaber lifted up against one of them or something like that. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, you know, let's get some of that stuff in here. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I wonder... There's so much that you can kind of interpret about which scenes are flashbacks and which are not because mm-hmm. there's that scene of the burning temple that I was super excited about because oh. it has Phasma in it. But when when is that set? Could we see Knights of Ren there? We don't we don't know. That's true. Um, that oh, that scene. Oh my gosh. Anyway, we got we got to move on. Yeah. But really quickly, I want to talk about the poster. Um, it's a the poster that they, they they gave out um, after we, we were lucky to get to get one. Um, our crew was, and I have to say I haven't I haven't po- I haven't hung it up yet or framed it yet, but I'm going to. Um, it is probably and I, I know this is this is not me being uh, you know what's the word overreacting to this, but I think that's one of the best Star Wars posters ever, hands down. It's it's so cool. It it's is so cool. Beautiful. It's beautiful. We haven't uh, hung ours up yet either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I saw like everybody at celebration. So many people. Maybe you and I mostly, but I definitely saw other people had it as their lock screen mm-hmm. at celebration. Like you know, fifteen minutes after that panel. <laughs> yes. Yes, and 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 yeah. the, you know, with it's funny because that. That whole scene that what they show to me really is there's foreshadowing in that. I really do think there is. Um, there's obviously a divide between Kylo and Luke, and then you have balance between them with Ray. And mm. you know, I and their her pose is very, very similar to that of Luke Skywalker from A New Hope. Um, her lightsaber turns from blue to red up at the top. You know, there's to me, it's foreshadowing something, and I don't know what it is, but it better be a freaking Skywalker connection. But anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> it um, certainly goes back to that conversation about balance. It, it really does. It really does. Um, anyway, I just wanted to mention how amazing it was, and I really, really hope that, that Disney and um, they have decided to let that artist be the same artist to actually do the poster art for the next uh, for the next that Last Jedi poster because I think that is beautiful. And the poster for The Force Awakens is probably one of the worst Star Wars posters ever made. Um, I can't stand that one. So, um, 
anyway, I, I we'll see. I I think honestly they they could use that same poster as a movie poster one sheet, like the real one, and I would be one hundred percent like all about that. So yeah, I mean I agree. I I don't have, although it would be nice to see the other characters. You know that trio. I don't uh, need the trio represented. I just need those. Three. I, just need those three. I have. I have like no feelings about the Force Awakens poster, but Oof. this one really has some art to it. It's beautiful. I, I honestly one of the best ever. I have the poster book my friend John Beerley got me from uh for my birthday a couple of years ago. And I love that poster book. And I would I would I would put that poster against any poster in there and it would probably be in the top ten. I in my opinion. So anyway, alright, moving on from the last Jedi, which is obviously me and you are very excited about. We're going to talk about something that it's that I'm very passionate about, which is Battlefront. Um, and you are a big video game person, bigger video game person than I am, but you don't play Battlefront, or at least the, the last uh, the game. But we've got some interesting information. Now, we've got Battlefront 2 trailer that also showed us that there's a campaign, a single-player campaign mode, which I know you're very excited about. And yes. we also have a tie-in novel with that said campaign that cut takes place before. And I just have to say that I'm, I'm not, I had never complained once about not having a campaign mode. I know you are more into that. I'll let you talk about the campaign a little bit. Um, I will say I'm very excited about the novel that is coming out. Um, now may help me out here, Megan. Now, what is saw's group called the, the, the partisans? What, what are they? The, yep. Partisans. Partisans. I sorry. The partisans. So basically, the novel sets up which who we who we follow in the campaign in Battlefront Two, which is Infernal Squad, which is a, a special ops team of you know of troopers, and they are dressed essentially Imperial troopers. They're they're basically they look like Imperial pilots. That's what they look like, with like red outlines on them, and they are uh, led by oh my gosh, what's her name? Um, I, I was just it, looking it up to make sure it's uh, Iden Versio. I that's think. right. The I, last yeah. name is Versio. Iden Versio. So the the movie the basically the book is, is basically the creation of, of Inferno Squad, and they go after the partisans. Like that means like the two tubes guys, and they all look which that I love them from Rogue One. So I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very very excited. I kind of wish that was kind of the the campaign to be honest. Um, but, but that means... I was, uh, I was glad to see that the two tubes were going to be in it more because I thought that was such a cool design when Rogue oh, One came out. Totally. They, they looked amazing. So, um, the novel takes place before, right after, literally right after Rogue One and the campaign starts, um, basically over a number of years. Now, do you want to talk about the campaign? Cause that's kind of more your thing. Sure, I can talk a little bit about it. Um, well, my favorite thing about this that I realized was that the game or the the story starts when the Death Star is destroyed. So Versio is is on Endor and is with her squad and sees that, which means that at the same time as Iden Versio was swearing her revenge against the people who destroyed their greatest weapon, uh, Sinjir Rathvelis was hiding and deciding to leave the Imperial army because he was scared. So these two people having very different experiences, both Imperials deciding very different things, just, uh, just kind of made me laugh. But this is going to follow, I think, the four-person four team, four or five. 
And I'm definitely excited about this because I had, it's no secret that I mostly play campaigns. Um, I will probably jump on the multiplayer for this a little bit because I do plan on buying it for the story. I know you, uh, a lot of people that I know play Battlefront, so I'm sure I'll have plenty of people to play with. And if this one is as pretty as the last one was, it'll be, it'll be really cool to jump in and kind of feel like you're in Star Wars. But I wanted that story. I wanted to get attached to characters and be able to really want to follow these people and uh i think the novel and the campaign will both do a, a good job of that the novel is by christy golden who wrote dark disciple and several other star wars novels mm-hmm. and she does sort of uh dark disciple was about ventress going to the light side sort of um but she writes these like dark characters quite well or conflicted characters so i'm both excited and nervous to see how she handles kind of whether or not we're supposed to root for the Imperials because they look cool. Like their armor looks awesome. And I love, yeah, I love those stories of like military teams going out and being cool, but also they're the villains and you need to know they're the villains. And I, I'm really curious about how that's going to be handled in the book. Well, I I think that it's interesting that they've, you know, they created these characters and they're, and they're trying to, you know, get, they're getting us excited with a, with a novel kind of setting up the table a little bit for Star Wars fans. And then they're going to, you know, inter, you know, kind of so Star Wars fans can get used to them. So that way when we play them in. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Battlefront will be kind of familiar and kind of know where their kind of their story is going. Um, I think Chrissy Golden's a great, great choice, like you said. Um, I love Dark Disciple, I thought it was. One of my, it's one of my favorite um, canon novels. I that's one of the probably the few ones that I didn't fall asleep every time I'd read it. And I don't mean that as in a bad way. <laughs> other novels, it's just that when I when I read books, I just fall asleep with anything. So I audiobook everything. But this is when I was trying to read, and you know, but I I could not put Dark Disciple down. I thought it was great. Um, so I'm really excited. I think she's got she's got a great story that she was either given or came up with. I'm assuming a little bit of both of them. Of yeah. This, this one, I think she gets the chance to come up with this one even more so than Dark Disciple. That's part of what I'm excited about because mm-hmm. it's going to be Dark Disciple was based on scripts. Her other novels were part of the Fate of the Jedi series. Like this one is the closest thing to a standalone Star Wars book sure. that or an original um original Star Wars book as a phrase just hurts my brain, but I'm going to go with it. This is the closest <laughs> to an original Star Wars book that, that she's done. So I really can't wait to see what she's going to do with these characters and how they sure. bounce off each other and sure. what their decisions are. Yeah. So, um, I think it's interesting that like, you know, last time we got, we got the, um, your, one of your favorite books, which was the, um, Oh my gosh, what is battlefront? Uh, 
Oh my god. Yeah, Twilight Company. Twilight, I couldn't think of the name. You know, but what's interesting is this had Battlefront in the title announced before we knew they were tied together with the video game. And a lot of people said, oh, Twilight Company wasn't tied together, so this one probably isn't either. And it ended up being, like, super connected, um, which I yeah, thought... Yeah, well, because this one did not have the Battlefront name attached to it. It was just called Inferno Squad. And then at the Battlefront panel, I believe it was, they revealed that it was going to be a tie-in. It was either the Battlefront panel or the Delray panel. That's when they revealed it was going to be a tie-in. Before, we just thought it was, like, an Imperial-centric war story mm-hmm. yeah no and yeah. i was surprised because i half expected another twilight company novel because i do feel yeah. like that is like set up so that you could have recurring you know mm-hmm. episodes with them do you think that maybe twilight company was was supposed to be like more tied into the, the game but they they just didn't have enough time so they just kind of eventually just made it do its own thing possibly mm, i think that like a lot of things with Star Wars these days, possibilities are always left open. True, so true. that had the, you know, Battlefront colon title format. So there mm-hmm. could have been another Battlefront novel if, like, say, a campaign DLC came out. You know, that's just sort of a, a random example. I don't necessarily think that was a likely thing to happen. But, you know, if it was going to, I think the the flexibility was there. And I I did half suspect there was going to be another one, not only because I liked it and I wanted there to be, but because um, Twilight Company was a lot of original characters. And it was characters that, while they did, like, sort of touch on places that were shown in the movies, didn't have much to do with the movies. So they had some more freedom. But I think... I, you know, I can't suppose to know what those conversations were behind the scenes, but I think maybe the flexibility was there, and then somewhere in the conversations between Delray and uh, an EA, right? Am I getting the, the no, yeah, developer yeah, right? Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, somewhere in there they said, no, we want to go this direction. We want to establish these new characters. So I, um, I think the possibility was there and the possibility is still there. You know, there could still be another uh, novel featuring any of these characters, depending on the way the winds blow. Well, I, I think that it's interesting that there's, you know, there, there, basically the campaign spans over 30 years. Like it leads up to the force awakens. So, and you can have playable characters like Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren at some point. Um, I'm very intrigued how that's going to work. Um, one of the things I think that they have announced that I was talking to my friends the other day about was there is no um, uh, season pass, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you feel about that? Do you have the season pass for oh, Battlefront? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. I so as a person that has presumably spent money on that, how do you feel about that? Oh, I I love the season pass. I mean, I, I but I'm not a big gamer. I only bought I basically have only bought and played Battlefront. So, um. I have no problems with it. I, I enjoyed all the DLCs that they came out with, um, with the exception of Bezbin. Bezbin looked amazing, but it just didn't. It just didn't. I never connected to it. My favorite is still Outer Rim, um, so I can play on in Jabba's Palace and stuff like that. So that's always really cool. Um, but besides that, no, I, I, I never had a, a real a real problem like everyone else did. I think the the Scarif wasn't DLC was amazing, and the the Death Star DLC was amazing. It was. 
they looked amazing. They just they didn't have what kept people wanting to come back. So it'll be interesting to see if this if if a if if it's true to form that this uh, single player campaign mode will bring people in and play it all the time. We'll see. We'll see. I I don't know, but we'll you know we'll we'll see what happens. But um, but anyway um. So yeah, so we'll move on to the next topic. We've got something that's interesting. We got the forces of destiny. Is that right? Wait, am I saying that right? Yes, it's the most generic title ever, but <laughs> that okay. is the new uh, YouTube series slash toy line slash book line focused on female characters. Now, what's interesting about this is, which I'm all about. Like, I I love the fact you know from we know this is going to be a Similar to the old micro-series of the Clone Wars, little um, 2D animation shorts featuring the characters that are releasing these dolls or toys. or Would they be considered dolls? They looked like dolls to me. Yeah, I mean, they certainly kind of lean toward the doll side of things, in my opinion. They stand up. You know, it's not like they're not like floppy dolls, but they have the brats look. It, to me, it's yeah, very, exactly. very much... Brats or Monster High, which are these, as far as I know, they're, they're quite popular yes, lines. Yes, you're right. So they, they they introduced that toy line there. And I'll be honest, I want to get the Leia one with because the Wicket. Oh, the Wicket one looks amazing. Um, <laughs> but have you seen the Chewbacca one? Yeah. Oh. Some, of them, <laughs> some of them are a bit strange. Ooh, they need they they need to go back to formula on that one. Woo-hoo. That one is bad. That one is really really bad. Um, I think it's a case of the characters that are meant you know were originally seen as animated. Like Ahsoka looks fine because we're used to seeing her as animated. Mm-hmm. Um, Hera like looks fine because we're used to that. The characters that are live action or especially like Chewbacca, where you're going from like you know, a person in a costume to 2D animated to 3D animated. Something gets lost in translation a little bit. And these are the the big eyed look is not really my style. Um, I don't know that I'll buy many of the toys. I might kind of just to to have them because they are characters that you can't always find toys of. But I don't know about that. But what I do like is the animation in the, the YouTube series. It's that very clean sort of flash looking style and I, I'm excited to see that in action more than the toys. No, no, exactly. The same here. Um the the books that are coming out, they're not really books, they're like they're little books, but I mean like they're not really they don't have a spine, I don't think, you know? So yeah, they're they're, uh, they're like elementary school type uh mm-hmm. audience. So not I, even like not even something we'd talk about exactly like the way we talk about a middle grade novel. I don't. Right. I don't think we're going to be interpreting them, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, but at the same time, they're aimed at younger, you know, younger audience. So I, I totally get it. Um, so that's why I'm probably not going to pick those up for the canon shelf. Just be. I mean, I may pick them up if they have like, but they might be retellings of this of the same animated stories, which would be cool, which would be fine. Um, which if that in that case, I'm definitely not picking it up. Um, but. That being said, I, I'm really excited about this because I think that the the old Jindy series of Clone Wars that they're kind of emulating a little bit, it's going to be kind of exciting to see what they do with this. Um, I had no idea, but it sounds like Maz Kanata is uh, going to be um, narrating them. 
Yes, she's going to be sort of doing the opening and closing, which right. will be a fun little like addition to canon. Right now, how long are these supposed to be? Do we find that they're only they're only about fifteen minutes? They're they're quite oh, short. Bad. Let me um. That's not bad. Confirm that. I thought they were shorter, like five minutes. Well, either Let's way, see. we know. I'll check it out. Keep yeah, if you want to check that out? <laughs> no, what we're going to talk about is we're going. I know that there's one. There's one story with, with Hera, Leia, and Han Solo on Endor, which is really cool. That was confirmed. Um, there's one about Sabine on Yavin, which is interesting. Um, there's one about Rey, and I think BB-8, which is obviously must take place between when she finds BB-8 and when she meets Finn, which is interesting. Um, and then there's one where, let's see here, there's Ahsoka, obviously. Um, Maz Kanata must have her own, her own story too, I would assume. Oh, there's a Jin one, which is going to be awesome because I love Jin Erso. Jin Erso is quietly becoming one of my favorite characters. I love that character. Like every time I watch Rogue One, I'm always like, God, I love Jin Erso. And, <laughs> and Rebel Rising comes out tomorrow, which I'm still not done with Thrawn, which we need to talk about Thrawn at some point too, which will be very interesting. I'm not done with Thrawn. I've got like six hours left. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to hold out much longer because I really, really want to get dig into uh, Rebel Rising, but I might have to wait until I, I might have to trudge through Thrawn first, unfortunately. Um, but that comes out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Jenner is awesome. So we've got Hera, I think Leia, Ahsoka, Rey, um, and then Jen Erso. Now, is Princess Amidala part of it as well? No, I don't believe so. Okay, which is which is a notable. Let's see. No, she's on. Okay, she's on the cover of one of the books. Oh, so it looks like I'm gonna. uh, So what I'm reading right now is the original um, article on StarWars.com. They are indeed going to be two to three minute long shorts. Um, A there will be um, a two-part TV special launching in July, followed by eight additional shorts on the Disney Channel in fall 2017. Boo. And Sabine, I think, is the other character on the list. So, yeah, they, they are going to be really short. It's definitely going to bring back that spirit of the, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Yeah, I, I wish they were longer, but I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can get. So I wish that there was so this was announced around the same time as the journey to the last Jedi, which included several books that we're going to talk about. But yes. I do wish that there were more, um, you know, books targeted for older readers in this set. Cause like, oh, I'm sure. super excited for rebel rising too. I haven't read it yet. Um, and we're getting that gin story, but I'd love to get a couple more of those like YA books, Mm-hmm. as part of this line um but it's it's targeted for younger people and that's there's good and bad to that you know as speaking as an adult fan who doesn't really have children in her life mm-hmm. i don't even have anybody i can like give these to but i'll find cousins somewhere you'll you'll find something you'll find something <laughs> so, there's some distant cousins that that might find themselves with star wars toys i mean i'm gonna buy some of these i mean i mean I, i'm probably gonna buy the again a leia and wicket one I may buy the uh, Sabine one, depending on how the, how the armor looks on that, too. I mean, I I can't wait. Um, all right. So moving on, we've got a lot of book announcements. Um, yeah, there was certainly no lack of female characters in the books, which was was a cool thing. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Um, we were we were in the book 
announcements, which was funny. It was it was in the publishing panel, right? And they announced most of all, even the Marvel comic stuff, all that at the publishing panel. Yeah, and, at the Disney, the right, Disney publishing panel. What yeah. I thought was very interesting because I'm like, oh, you know, and we weren't expecting that. I don't think we're like, oh, they're announcing stuff. We're like, what? And so, um, so which it was really cool. So the first one, Phasma, which takes place, um, you know, well, this is a part of now. Let me separate this out, actually. Okay, so we've got we're gonna do the remember the journey to the Force Awakens people. That's going to happen again. It's the journey to the Last Jedi. Now we all yep. know that which like shouldn't necessarily have been a surprise, but kind of was. It kind of, yeah no exactly that's exactly <laughs> you nailed it. It was a surprise, but it shouldn't have been. Like I'm like oh duh, but I think the reason why it's surprised Megan is because that the the Last Jedi takes place right after the Force Awakens. So it's like. What? Mm, true. So, so that's where I think my surprise was, but there it was. It's going to be cool because obviously there's going to be some time lapse between when um, we see Ray on Octu with Luke and when when the First Order attacks the Resistance and all that stuff. Um, so because of that, and also we're going to get probably the origins of some characters like Phasma by Delia Dawson. Um, that was announced. Yes, I'm so excited. Right, and I think what's interesting is we're, we're going to get the origin of Phasma, it sounds like, like her history. So um, it's interesting they waited this long to, get, to, to do it, to be quite honest. Um, but I'm very excited about it as well. I think it's interesting that it's part of the, the – now, this is part of not only the journey of the, the Last Jedi. This is part of the Force Friday, um, I believe. I know, I believe, I know for a fact. So Phasma, and along with all the new um, Last Jedi toys and other things, will be coming out on November, or excuse me, September 1st. This is one of them. Um, so that's really exciting. I know you are very excited about this. Yes, I'm a big Phasma fan, and I wanted at least one announcement about her, because we've already got some of Hux's history in the Aftermath series. Kylo Ren's history is presumably going to be saved for the movies. So the one First Order person who is both not important enough to have a backstory in the in the movies and hasn't yet had one in the books is Phasma. So I'm really glad. And, like, she's... I'm totally aware that she's the Boba Fett of the new trilogy, that she looks cool and, like, doesn't do like much. And you don't like Boba Fett either, but, do you? But no, I feel completely neutral about Boba Fett, but I love Phasma. So I'm glad that we're going to get more history about her. Right, right. And Delia Dawson did, um, excuse me, Delilah Dawson did um, The Perfect Weapon, the story about, uh, about, uh, he's Natal? Oh gosh, am I getting that? Yeah, yeah, I think think you're right. Um, From Maz's Palace. Maz's Palace. Yes, which is Maz Maz, potato, potato. Um, yes. True. Han true. Solo. Han, anyway. Han, on, on. We're going down. We're going down a road we can't follow. Uh. Can't go back to Jakku. Yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, she did this sort of fun, you know, pulpy story about um, Faye's Natal. And I, I didn't love that story. I thought it was all right, but it was a little too uh, fast paced and like too pulpy for my my personal taste but that does not mean that i'm not excited to learn what like what phasma's motivations are and where she came from and i don't doubt that she will kick butt in this book and not only did we get a book 
announcement about her, we got a comic about her, which is going to show how she escaped the trash compactor. So this is more Phasma than I anticipated, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I, I that's what I thought was very interesting was we're going to get how she escaped the trash compactor and Starkiller base and kind of like a, it was a three issue miniseries, I think. Um, because I think th- they said it was three issues, right? I think I'm, am I, um, I, I had that it was five in my head, but that might only be because like the current, the Darth Maul series is five. Yeah. I'll, I'll double check that too. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very in- intrigued by that. Um, you know, we're getting, a, we are getting a lot of phasma, which is interesting. So, I think that's cool. Um, I'm very excited about learning more about her on this. Um, another book that's coming out that was announced that's going to be out on the uh, Force Friday, part of the Tales of the Jedi, um, you know, big release, is going to be Journey to Star Wars, um, The Last Jedi, um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which obviously must take place around <sighs> New Hope. So obviously The Last Jedi book is going to take place going to tie in somehow into last jedi around from new hope era because it's a picture of of leia from a new hope and it's princess of alderaan which will be interesting i'm not really sure i feel about having another ridiculous story based around uh, a new hope era i'm pretty sick of that era right now to be quite honest i'm ready to move on but you know at the same time Claudia Gray is writing it, and Claudia Gray is, is fantastic. I really like Bloodline. I love Lost Stars. Lost Stars was at the last Journey of the Force Awakens Force Friday. So this kind of is the same tradition of that. So I'm very, very excited. Um, I know you were a fan of Lost Stars, and you liked Bloodline as well. Are you excited about this one? I feel pretty much the same as you do, which is that this the story as a concept doesn't really get me super interested. Mm-hmm. I like Leia's not my favorite character and I do feel like we've seen a lot from the original trilogy, but having Claudia Gray's name attached to it means a lot. She's so good at writing like the politics of Star Wars and she's so good at really getting into characters' heads. So that um and also the Legends of Luke Skywalker is the same thing, Whoa. that book. Looks a little bit like it's going to be a rehash of things we've seen before, but it's got this big name. It's got Ken Liu attached to it. So I'm curious to see what what he does. I, I You know, I, I don't know. It's I think this is going to be like a Tall Tales kind of thing that it's going to be, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting because there's going to be probably some there's going to be some post Return of the Jedi stuff in there. I think it's going to be obvious. I think there's going to be multiple people telling stories about Luke Skywalker. And then at some point you're going to get a vague telling of something that happened between um, the force awakens and return of the Jedi. And it's going to blow our minds and we're not going to know what exactly happened, but we're going to have some kind of inkling and it's going to whet our appetite. Now, unfortunately this comes out October 31st on Halloween, not on force Friday, which is a bummer. Super, super freaking bummer. So I'm a little disappointed about that, but I think that, to be honest, Megan, I think that's what makes me think that there's more to this this book than meets the eye, because it's so mm. close to the release of the four, um the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi. So I think this is going to be a little bit more of a hint of what's going on for people, and that this probably might, you know. I might actually say this. This could maybe tie into another trailer that comes out closer to the for- to the, the Last mm-hmm. Jedi, 
that could man really... that'd be some synergy <laughs> it's possible I don't know if we've I mean, seen synergy that close before well, i don't know i mean this comes out pretty late and it's only about a month in a, in a week before the movie comes out so they're obviously holding back something so with this book I would guess this is going to be, like you said, this sort of a collection of tall tales. And by the way, just because I've got the page open in front of me, the Phasma comic is a four-issue comic. Oh, well, we split the difference. Um, we, I said three, you said yep. five. <laughs> yeah, so we were equally wrong yeah, exactly. or equally right. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I hope, you know, sort of the ideal for me is that this is going to be like um, – Shadows of Mindor, which was mm. Matthew Stover's Luke book, where it's kind of got this whole frame around it that implies it might or might not be true, and maybe it won't be as quite as irreverent as Shadows of Mindor was at times, but it will kind of give you an alternate look at Luke. And this also comes out around the same time as a certain point of view, the 40th anniversary collection, which was announced before the uh, journey to the last Jedi. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, um, we knew about it before that, that was announced, but mm -hmm. there's going to be this, this story collection. So I wonder if there's any tie-ins there either. Well, for people who don't know what a certain point of view is, it's, it's a retelling of a new hope from the supporting, from random uh, background characters from A New Hope. So we're probably going to get Stormtrooper perspectives. We're probably going to get can Cantina per uh, perspectives, maybe Jawa perspectives, um, yep. Rebel perspectives. Mm -hmm. We're going to get about all... 40 different authors, and that's out on October 3rd. Now, and, and, and now people said that, like, some of it might be canon from, but, you know, some of it is canon, some of it might not be. And people started freaking out. Now, I remember, this is, this is coming from different people's perspectives. So, everyone's perspective is going to be a little bit different than what the main perspective is. So, you know, everyone's the hero of their own story. So I, I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm very curious how this is all going to work out. Um, I hope this gets, a, I hope this confirms a lot of background characters from uh, the cantina that people remember from the EU that carry some of their names over, you know, maybe some of their storylines a little bit. We make it. We make it information on Greedo in this one, to be honest. Which would be, which is basically it. Remind it honestly reminds me of a Tales from Jabba's Palace, Tales from the Cantina, Tales from the Bounty Hunters. I'm getting that kind of a vibe, but a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? More of a fun aspect, if that makes sense. So, um, I, I'm excited about it. But I'm again. If it, I hope it comes out in audiobook, because that's what that's what I'll be consuming it from. Besides putting on the canon shelf you know, from a, from a hardback book. So we'll see, but I'm not super, super excited about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. I, I would say I'm super excited about that just because the lineup of authors is amazing with so many different people with so many different styles, some of whom we've seen in Star Wars before, some of whom we haven't, um, on the Tashi station podcast last week. Uh, my, my, good friend Tom Holler, who works over at Delray, was talking about how there's styles in this book that aren't necessarily going to be for everybody, but they're all going to be so different that you're going to be able to find one that you like. And I'm always here for kind of branching out and experimenting a bit more with what a star, the ways a Star Wars story can be told. So I'm really excited for that. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, so... 
Now, I, you have something on, on our notes for Rebel Files. What is that, Megan? I have no idea. Yeah, so Rebel Files is a um, what I think of as an artifact in the same way as the um, Book of Sith or the Imperial Handbook were. Oh. So it's a, it's a book with illustrations that's you know, created from an in-universe perspective, and it's going to come with a collectible, like, a stand. It's going to mm. come with a deluxe edition. Um, and this is going to come out. It's part of the journey of the journey to The Last Jedi. Basically, I put this on here because I thought it was kind of cool that it does come with this physical, um, like, this nice-looking box and stuff. And I presume that as with the other the similar titles like the Jedi path, you'll be able to get a version with the fancy box that has the death star plans on it. Mm. And you'll be able to get a version without the fancy box. Mostly I put that on there because I thought it was neat. It's a uh, Wikipedia describes it as a trivia book. It's out on November 1st. Interesting. Interesting. All right. All right. All right. All right. So last thing we're going to talk about, last but not least, obviously, is Rebels. Now, um, Star Wars Rebels is kind of a lightning rod for some people. It's it, I feel uh, I feel fandoms kind of split down the middle about Rebels. Would you agree? Hmm. It, it, it feels more divisive than I, than I, than I would realize. In my I opinion. think my, like, circle of internet friends, it's not decisive, divisive about, because so many, most of the people that I follow are really into it, and their level sure. of, like, intensity has not decreased. That's true. But then I, I mostly follow people who are going to follow it no matter what, because sure. it's Star Wars. You know, they might not say they love it, but they're going to follow it. And right now, a lot of them do say that they love it. I um I mean I myself feel like the show has been good it's been enjoyable but it never quite lived up to the promise of season 1 uh so I'm mm-hmm. sure there are other fans that feel that way too but what what have you seen that that makes you say it's divisive I've seen a lot of people online just you know a lot of Star Wars fans that I follow on Twitter it just seemed to be, myself included, I'm definitely critical of the show. I actually really liked this last season. I thought it was a better season than season two. Um, I thought that as a whole it was better. I think that, I think season two had better ep- overall, some amazing episodes that were better than the episodes we had some of them in season three. But I really enjoyed season three. But it seems to be people are very, it seems to be people are very critical of this right now. And I don't really, and maybe it's just me being observant about something that's wrong. I don't know, but no. I mean, every you know, everybody sees something different. Everybody has a different set of people on their Twitter dashboard or whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. But I I think that it seems to me that it's a little more divisive. No, maybe that split down the middle is is, is not a right word wording. But it seems like it's not as I don't know. It doesn't seem like unified as as much as I thought at first. I thought the first season people were really excited about it, but then other times people, you know, just since season two, it's kind of been up and down. People have been a little more critical of it, which I think sometimes it's rightfully so, and sometimes I don't think it's rightfully so. So it's, it just kind of depends. I, I think that it kind of goes in line with my thoughts of, of, of season four trailer, to be quite honest. Um, I don't think it was that exciting, to be honest. I remember... Um, mm. I what it did never it never grabbed me. I wasn't like I was I wasn't really surprised by the announcement of of season four being the last season. Um, I think it, they were kind of going that way already. 
I think that the trailer itself wasn't, it didn't look bad. It just didn't look very exciting. And I don't know. I just kind of, I feel that there's, I think this season's going to be amazing, to be honest. But I also think that they're saving a lot for later. Um, so I don't know. I, there's probably some crazy stuff coming down, down the pike. And I'm assuming there is, I hope there is, but you know, I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to see where these characters go. Cause I don't think that Kanan and Ezra have, they, they, something has to happen to them. Something has to happen to them. They can't In survive. general, I think like, I walked out of the, well, walked out. I wasn't actually in the room for the Rebels panel. I, I, I wasn't either. Yeah, I wasn't In line either. for a different panel. But I, um, we, I, 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 I left. Can't, I came yeah. and saw you right, right, right afterwards. Yeah, no, we watched it together when we were in line for the Delray panel. Oh, um, so it, this was one of the cases in which I watched it and felt sort of like there should have been something to talk about and there kind of wasn't and there were a couple moments where this happened at celebration i was expecting another announcement of a new video game maybe that rpg that keeps being rumored um i was expecting a little more information in the last jedi trailer and i was expecting a little more information in the rebels trailer i think the i mean the most important thing we got in that um in that panel was probably that warwick davis is going to be playing rook who is Thrawn's bodyguard and who kills Thrawn in the books so we'll see whether that still is the same and then a lot of people are talking about well what does the wolf mean does the wolf mean Ahsoka is back and I I'm afraid I I really can't take the concept of Ahsoka coming back as a wolf seriously it just it's too indulgent it's too much for me but maybe Ahsoka's back and then the just Hera's kind of tone well she sounds like she's at the very end of a great battle and something terrible has happened and it almost sounds like a eulogy that voiceover Mm, that she has so there's the discussion of you know who's gonna die and all those things together make for some interesting questions, but they weren't really revelatory. They were the kind of questions we've had since the middle of season three, or even since the show started in the case of how are these characters going to live in the original trilogy timeline? Sure, sure. No, I I think that what they're leading up to is going to be interesting. I just don't know. It's, I don't really know where they're going to go. I mean, they obviously are, they're going to Yavin. They're going to be on there. They're going to we're going to start seeing the Rebel Alliance kind of come together through them a little bit. But you know where I'm just really curious where, obviously, you know Sabine and Mandalore are going to be like their own thing eventually, and I think that's cool. I thought they were going to lean towards that more um, in a season this last season. They kind of hinted at where, where Sabine is at, but. They basically, this is going to deal with Mandalore and why we don't see Mandalore unite against the Empire. And there, so there's going to be something that happens, maybe a big Mandalorian war at some point, which we get, they kind of hint at with some of the um, concept art or art with like all the all the all the Mandalorian helmets kind of hanging out. Um, Bo-Katan coming back is really exciting. I love Bo-Katan. Um, so it's it'll be what they do with these characters and, and, and how they explain where the Mandalorians are before, you know, before Scarif and all that, it's, it, that will be 
I'm really excited to see where they, where they put them because I think they have to go somewhere and stay there, which they've already pretty much told us. But we see him again pop up because they need help. But it'll be it'll be inter- interesting to see what they do with that. Um, you know, and for me, it's it's where is Cannon and Ezra going to show up? You know, what's their destination? What's going to happen? That's what I want to see. I'm really excited to see that. And they're going to give us that. But they didn't really hint anything in that trailer. Like I said, and Ahsoka lives. I'm going to go on a limb and think it's not. The wolf is not Ahsoka. But I think Ahsoka is tied to some kind of metamorphosis, if you will, because of your favorite arc in the Clone Wars, the Mortis uh, trilogy. (laughs) Um, Whoa. Hang on. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm serious because because of the daughter transferring her life force into Ahsoka to save her, and she turns in, in that that bird thing at the very end. Yeah, is the same color as the daughter from Mortis um, from the very end of the season two finale. Um, I yeah, think it's, it's not a completely baseless theory. I just think it's silly. But <laughs> that doesn't mean I, it. I, 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 I don't think she's a wolf, but I think there is some sort of metamorphosis. We'll see what that mm. means, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I agree that the question of Sabine, Sabine grew so much in a couple episodes in season three, and then her story kind of ended. And I think you know, obviously we're not going to, we haven't seen the end of that story yet. There is going to be more. So I'm really curious to see where her story arc goes. Obviously, where did the Jedi end up? And uh, Callus too. Callus is a bit of a joke because he suddenly became hot Callus when he uh, was captured. But I, he is an original character who has really taken on a life of his own in a way that few other characters from Rebels have, I think. And but the next one that I can think of to compare him to is Thrawn, who had, you know, a life in the books before and had his own fan base. Callus is a completely original character and has his own fan base and now has this big decision ahead of him. You know, does he um, what does he do now that his, his cover's blown? He's with the rebellion. So I'm curious to see where he goes. Yeah, I I don't think he survives. I think a lot of people have to die, but then again, there hasn't been a lot of people that died in the series so far. So it's a kid's show, and that's kind of the thing. If it was George Lucas, these people would be dead. Like, there's no doubt. Like, they they would die. They would be they would be dead. Um, but they're they've have they've shied away. Well, that's not true. They they killed um, Commander Sato, which I was not expecting, um, to be honest. But no. uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Sato's death either, but I also wasn't particularly attached to him. Oh, I, um, I I don't know, because I do think Dave Filoni has a lot of freedom. Um, he, you know, he had his promotion to, like, head of animation, and he did such well-received work on The Clone Wars, and... I think it's kind of up to him, and I don't know if I believe Dave Filoni will kill these characters because Dave Filoni loves, whether it's for the you know pure amusement of it or because it's useful franchise storytelling, he he loves kind of leaving questions open. You know, is Ahsoka dead or not? And I wonder if we'll get another case of that. Uh, but this is a story that seems to indicate that it has to have a, a closed ending. So. I'll be really curious to see, but all of my speculation about that is based entirely on, like, out-of-universe stuff. It's, do I think 
the story group will kill these characters, not do I think the Empire will kill these characters. <laughs> Partially because I don't think we've... I love the Rebels characters, I really do, but they still don't quite feel real to me. No, I, I agree with you. There's, there's, there's some parts of Rebels that I really love, but I have a hard time connecting with, with a lot of them, and I haven't really... I haven't really connected to them as much as I want to. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm not letting them or, or what. Yeah. I, I That's where I am too. Like it might be, it's me, not you. It's, you know? yeah, it's, it's, it's not you. It's me. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough one to, to look at, but you know, I, I have, I've, I have enjoyed some the rebels, what we've got this, this season. Um, there is some stuff I love about it. There's some stuff I've, I've been kind of, eh, it's okay. So it's, it really just really depends. I don't know. I've, I'm excited to where, what they're going to give us this season, but I just, I have no idea what they're going to give us. And I hope it is, I hope they do reveal it soon in some way. Yep. Well, if they're not going to reveal it in season four, there's going to be no reveal because season four is going to be our last season. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Season four. We'll see what happens. So uh, I think that's it with everything. Um, that's it. I can't believe it. We, we did a lot. Covered a lot. We'll be back next month. We'll probably, I'm assuming, cover Thrawn maybe and Rebels perhaps. I don't yeah, know. I mean, we've been we've been saying that we want to talk about the season finale of Rebels, so mm -hmm. I would like to do that yeah. next. But we'll see what gets announced between now yeah. and then. Yeah, there'll be a lot. There always is a lot announced. It's crazy. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so Megan, where can people find you at to kind of see your amazing work and your amazing podcast? Uh, well, my uh, home base right now is Twitter. I, I'm at blog full of words on Twitter. I have written for StarWars.com, for Star Wars Insider, and for Den of Geek. Today I posted a, a text adventure game that I wrote, which you can play if you uh, so desire. And all of that is on Twitter. I'm also blog full of words on Facebook if you want to get the announcements about a day after I put them on Twitter, when I remember to look at Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Facebook is not my favorite thing to look at, to be quite honest. Um, yes, you can find me, uh, Paul. I, I am on Twitter at Herman with two N's, so it's H-E-R-M-A-N-N-22, a.k.a. P-Thug. Um, follow me on there. I talk about Star Wars and Marvel comic books and Marvel films and DC films. and I just love comic books and Star Wars so you and superheroes. So if you if you like to you know read about that and... I've been posting a lot of Star Wars memes lately, which has been my, my latest thing. That I, I, I'm definitely the person to follow in that case. Um, yeah, so follow me on Twitter there. And I don't really have a lot of other, uh, other things I'm doing right now. So that's it. So uh, everyone, thanks so much. Oh, follow, almost forgot. Follow us at uh, on Twitter, at BlasterCanon. That's uh, Canon with C-A-N-O-N. Um, not Canon, like a Canon, the fire stuff at. Um, blast, at BlasterCanonPod on Twitter and you can follow us there and we will interact with you there as well. So everyone, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for listening to us and we'll hear you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 